sound like too? Why don't I hear me? Hello? Okay. I just seem real low. I'll turn it up. Turn it up. We all set over there? You got the, uh... You look confused, DK. I was just getting different levels than I'm used to seeing uh, on the uh, on the readout, and I was just making sure that everything was set right. That's all. Okay. Welcome to Shock Monkey Radio Redux. Well, we're not Redux anymore. It's just Shock Monkey Radio. You're on FXBG Public Radio. I'm the Madman, your host. Today I have EK. He's looking over the boards very professionally. And I got the Hill Hippie with me again. Not up. There you go. It's a podcast. Go ahead and speak. Arf. Good boy. Good boy. I got, I got a treat for you. Fuck I got off. a treat for you. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, uh, so right off the bat, we're going to go with our thoughts and prayers out to Tom, who's in the hospital. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm not going to put his personal business out there. It's just not who I am. It's penile reduction surgery. His wife's been bitching for a while. It's about time. Uh, seriously, though, Tom, get better soon. We miss you. Thoughts and prayers out to you. I don't know what you're going to do with the thoughts, but you could have them both anyway. You'll get better, Tom. So, Dave Coulier. Are we really going to go into this? Yeah. Yes. Is this how we're going to start the show? Yeah. We have to. Because it, it's been dominating our conversation for the last hour before the show, and it's just blowing my mind. It really Be- has been an hour that we've been talking about this. Exactly. And so uh, what happened was is we were having this casual conversation, and I mentioned that I had heard like on a YouTube channel somewhere that the song by Alanis Morissette called You Ought to Know is about Dave Coulier. Now, uh, this completely blows my mind. It changes the entire song for me. I don't know about you guys, but you're just thinking about Dave Coulier getting blown in a theater. That- thinking about Dave Coulier giving it to Alanis Morissette. <laughs> <laughs> Cut <Not> it out. <laughs> I mean, but by, by by the nature of the song and the stuff that she's talking about, like she's perverted, yeah, like she's she likes it, she likes them. it rough and dirty, yeah. like. Oh, now, that kind of implies that he is too. Right. Now, here's what's really, really fucking with me. As apparently Dave Coulier gave it to her so good that it pissed her off so bad that he left that, that she, she had wrote to... a hit album about him. Right. Just wow. Good job for you, man. Good, jo- good job. <laughs> what a monster. What a monster. <laughs> I never imagined anybody Dave Coulier could piss off somebody that much. How could he have been a good role model to those girls? <laughs> We're talking about Full House now? <laughs> Weren't we always? Well, now we know what full part means in the name Full House. <laughs> or why you had to go live with them. You're messing with those teenage girls in Canada, Dave. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> oh, man. Because, I mean, television in like the 80s and late 80s and 90s, I mean, Dave Coulier, he was like the shit. Oh, yeah. In Canada. You know, so I, I guess he could go around and like start banging like uh, you can't do that on television cast members, you know, like groupies, you know. What was that show he had? Ranger Joe. Uh, I don't know what the show <laughs> Ranger Joe. He had that crazy girl Diz or whatever, and all she did was scream. What? Do you remember that? I don't remember this. What are yeah. you talking about? The old can- Canadian Dave Coulier. She'd go, ah, 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 ah. That's all she did. Oh. You remember that? I Yeah, vaguely. <laughs> yes, I do. That was Dave Coulier? That was a Dave Coulier show. And he had the little jackalope thing running around. And that whole time, he's banging Alanis Morissette in between takes. Because <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? This got so weird. blowjobs in the backstage of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> She's racking her nails down his back. God. Dave, and he's like, nah, I got to break up with you. You're too young, and I'm going to America to do Full House. <laughs> America's funniest people. <laughs> Dave Coulier. <laughs> it's Dave Coulier. He shouldn't be nailing hotter chicks than me. And no offense, Alanis, especially younger Alanis, she was hot. Yeah. But I mean, I guess we're just behind the times that we've just now learned that this song is about him. What? Wait. He had to have been good in the sack, too. That's what I said earlier. Exactly. That's what he was saying. Is that you, you said to, it on the air, to, off the air, on, on the air, on the air. Oh, just how a, did I just decide a little I while ago? You're in your own head, so, man. Yeah, he hit it so good. Dave Coulier tapped that Alanis Morissette ass so good 
that it may turned her into a, a pop star. And you know what? And wrote a hit you album, right? And, and Uncle Joey had a different girlfriend every week on Full House. Hmm. Do you suppose like Alanis was watching that show get like like mad? Fucking bitter. Bitter. I know. Crying during I know. Full House. I know he's fucking that extra. I just know it. <laughs> You ought to know you shouldn't be doing him or her. You should be doing me. <laughs> Sitting at her piano writing this goddamn song. <laughs> Watching Full House. <laughs> I never thought Dave Coulier could piss off anybody that much. I didn't think Dave Coulier could ever get laid. Right? <laughs> Even on Full House, you're like, why are these girls with him? Right? <coughs> Excuse me. I need another cough drop. I'm sick of being sick. Sick of like, sick of being sick. It's I'm been over a you. week. I'm sick of you being sick. I'm whining and not getting anything done. So I want to apologize to all those YouTube fans, all 12 of my subscribers. If you haven't seen a video in two weeks, it's because I've been sick. And we still haven't heard a fart on the air. Like I said, uh, 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 gamer's night is probably the best time to get it. So, Well, it's, it's got to be on this show for it to count. <sighs> I'll work. Try to work it up. Good. Try to work it up. And if it's a shark, it's just that much better. Well, well, it's not just, for you, just for the, no, the no, five of listeners not we have. For me, what I mean is that you know I'm, I don't want to shart. And the older I get, the less you have, to, less you can trust farts. I mean, and that's just a simple fact of life. And well, so you, you should never trust a fart. When I was younger, I could trust them. Not now. Not now. I'm tired of being sick. Was the show out of control? Out of control. That's it. Out of control. Dave Coulier's out of control. I guess I was lucky. You ought to know that. <laughs> Scratch my nails out someone else's back. She, that whole line, <laughs> she's thinking of Dave Coulier. Just scratch her nails some some dude's back. Oh, Dave. Dave. Who's Dave? Right, <laughs> poor those poor guys. The guy from Full House, <laughs> the you ugly mean, one. You mean Ranger Joe? <laughs> a lot is worth it, but just sitting there crying her eyes out over Dave Coulier. He was the greatest guy she knows. Oh, what a jagged little pill! Wow, how many more can we fit in? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> I just, it's, I can't believe it. It's blowing my mind. And I know that there's people out there, listeners, who are sitting there like, you don't know this? This is like old news. And it's like, I guess I just never listened to that song thing. Who is this about? You know? Well, it's because we've never been teenage girls. I guess. But I mean, all I, because I hear that song, I'm just like, this girl's got issues. She needs to see a doctor, you know, about her depression and uh, vengeance, her dark brooding hatred of Dave Coulier? It's out of control, man. It's out of control. What I find hilarious is just this uh, quote from Dave Coulier. It's on that Cleveland uh, article. Okay. He said, I said, wow, this girl is angry when he first heard the song while driving. And then I said, oh, man, I think it's Atlantis, <laughs> Coulier revealed. I listened to the song over and over again, and I said, I think I've really hurt this person. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you did, man. Well, think right there in that statement. I think it's Alanis. Then he goes back to this person. What type of jackass goes knows who it is at that point and goes back to just referring to him as just a standard per, just some person. But I mean, even Dave Coulier's got to go. Why would this girl be so upset about me? I'm Dave, just Dave Coulier. He's Cuban Pete, man. He's got ten pounds of hanging meat. (laughs) I put my hand up a puppet's ass. Come on, right. Even Dave Coulier can't take himself seriously enough for that. Only Alanis Morissette would take Dave Coulier that ex- that seriously. <laughs> oh, Alanis Morissette's Taylor Swift. <laughs> what? I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that. I don't get it. Explain it. I'm ashamed of myself for knowing. Okay, so Taylor Swift, like, all of her songs are pretty much about, like, the dude that she just broke up with. Like, that's, like... A big chunk, or like, yeah. she's in love with a guy, or that they broke up, or she's in love with a guy and they should be together, or that they broke up, and like she dates all these celebrities, so it's like it's kind of obvious who she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, so like there was there was a Dave Coulier, Alonzo Morris, it was the, the Taylor of her time. 
But who would be who would you compare Dave Coulet with today? Like Taylor Swift was fuck, <laughs> was fucking like who? Who? Ed Sheeran. So, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell else could I compare him to? Oh Stop Chris Parnell. Stop <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Oh my God, Chris Parnell! He's banging Taylor Swift, and Taylor Swift's making hit albums off it. Just oh broken, broken to pieces. <laughs> Just shaking it off, shaking over it doc, off over, over Doctor Spachemin. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be hilarious. That'd be as hilarious as that song being about Dave Coulier. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, <laughs> I don't even. But I mean, it's obvious. I, all like, uh, I mean, obviously, like great art comes out of that kind of pain and stuff like that. I get it, you know. And the reason why I love that song is that I've been there. I've been hurt at that point, you know, and just. And that's why everyone connected to that song. They got Alanis's pain in that song, but it changes for me when you realize the whole time it's Dave Coulier. Uh, I never connected to that song. I only listened to it because the chicks I was dating listened to it, so therefore I was kind of forced to. I like that song. Again, the first time I heard Alanis Morissette sing, all I, the first thought that went through my mind, and probably the thought that stayed there was, I wonder what her tits look like. <laughs> you found out later, I guess. No. I've never seen her topless. I still don't know what her tits look like. I'm not so interested in seeing them now. Well, time does. It's, uh, Especially damage. knowing that Dave Coulier had his hands on well, just, oh! I was just going to say, I was just calling and asking Dave. Hey, Dave. How's it looking? Tell me about Alanis' tits. Where is this conversation it's a, devolved It's to? official. I no longer have a thing for Alanis Morissette, knowing that Dave Coulier has had his lips on her nipples. <laughs> how, how could you know that? <laughs> Dave Coulier. One of my 90s crushes has died. Right. <laughs> Right. Guess I'm back to the wild goose chase of the Indigo Girls. I don't think they're into me. I can't speak to that. I don't know why. Have you talked to them lately? No. Has it just been Axel then? No, he's he's mad at me too. Oh, okay. Uh, he might be able to get you in there. I, I really doubt that. Uh... <laughs> He's still mad about that razor thing. It's a shame, you know, something like that can come between us. I thought we were closer friends than that, but oh well. Sorry. Oh, boy. Oh, we lost Harry Anderson and Arlie Ermy this week. Yeah. That's a bummer. Ever seen Saving Silverman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a hilarious movie. I found out several years ago, and now that Arlie Emery has passed, I must find one of these and purchase it immediately is there was an alarm clock with uh, him, him yelling yes <laughs> as gunny right just, you worthless maggot it's time to get up <laughs> how great with that we were talking about snooze buttons earlier mm. uh, you couldn't you wouldn't want to snooze it to, uh, through that just to hear it once and be like damn it i'm up all right right yeah i doubt i could snooze through that yeah because you okay stop snooze that means i gotta hear it again no fuck it just unplug the bitch. I would like Arlie Ermy, like uh, GPS. That'd be kind of awesome. <laughs> turn right, you worthless maggot. <laughs> In 300 feet, you will turn right. <laughs> I can't wait for that day where you get the like uh, custom voices for your GPS. Like- uh, the problem was, if uh, he actually was uh, the voice on the GPS... It would never take you wanted where you wanted to go. It would take you to a recruitment office for the Marine Corps every time. I guess, yeah, probably. You will get out and you will join my beloved Corps. No, thank you. The Marine Corps. That was a good call on my part. I'm walking into the recruiter's office and there's three Marines standing out there in the hall. And they shared a hall with the Navy. Navy guys are just chilling inside, and three Marine Corps. Where, hey, where are you going? I'm going. I'm going to go talk to these Navy guys. No, you don't want to go in there, bunch of pussies. <laughs> and I looked at them and I said, "Well, thanks for making this decision very clear for me." And I walked out right the Navy recruiter. <laughs> and I just, I, I wonder if the Marines were sitting there at the recruiter's office, <laughs> like, "How can we get more people into the Marine Corps? Let's call any anybody who's going in and going to talk to the Navy pussies and see what happens." <laughs> That's your recruitment strategy. 
I'm glad I didn't join the Marine Corps. Well, then, well, <laughs> well wouldn't that well, wouldn't that kind of mean like the kind of guys that they would get? Would That's be, exactly would, the kind of guys they do like, get. They get Marty McFlies. The Navy will get the Marty McFlies. Yeah, don't call me chicken. <laughs> exactly. Don't call me chicken. No, yeah, you're right. No yeah. one you calls call me, me chicken. chicken. I'm not a pussy. I'm, I'm a man. Give me that fucking I'm, gun. I'm a tough guy. I want to be a Marine. And that's really what it is, the whole Marine Corps thing. Because the last time... Um, I did, I, listen, th- listen, I have a problem with the whole... Like, look, not, I don't have a problem with the Marines. I have a problem with terminology being used. What, like, okay, so Marine, doesn't that imply water life? Yes. yes. The Marines are, used, are basically soldiers that are used on sea okay, to defend so, a ship from boarding. So, last time a U.S. ship was boarded was, I don't know, off the... East, uh, East African coast in 1820-something? I mean, I just feel They're like... They're obsolete. We I have just, an army. We I don't feel, need them. I feel like the name is confusing. And if it's like if it's the Navy's field soldiers, then, yes. it, sh- then it should be called that or called... Look, I'm not trying to take away the badassery of the Marines that have existed for years and years. I'm not, look, I'm not trying to shit on anything. I'm just saying that. I will. Like, call it like... The fucking the le- the Navy's League of Badasses, if that's what you want to call it. I'm I mean, just saying Marines is a little confusing because I think marine life, like I think water. That's exactly what it is. Marines are water soldiers. That's water what they soldiers. are. Yeah, but, they specialize <clears throat> in that kind of warfare. But but when when I see Marines get deployed all the time, like exactly not because in the water because they have them and we're like we don't really need them. What are we going to do with them? You can't tell a Marine we're going to get rid of the Marines. I mean, is it is, right? it is it a situation where it's like, okay, the, the army guys, good. the army guys and the marine guys are all hanging around the barracks, and it's like, all right, it's time to go to war. You guys gonna load up on the carrier? Uh, no, we're gonna be over on yeah. our boats. <laughs> you guys go ahead, take your little planes. Have fun with have fun with the air. We're gonna ride the boats over to the war. That's <laughs> and that's what they do. That's what marines were supposed to do. But if you think about the Joint Chiefs of Staff all sitting around, you got the Air Force General. Navy general, Navy admiral, you know, you got the army guy, and they're all sitting there talking to each other saying, how are we going to tell the Marine Corps that they're obsolete? You going to tell that general that he's not needed anymore? I See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't go as far as to say as obsolete. I just think like the branches, like, like all the branches kind of have fused together to some way, haven't they? Because if you look at those well, giant. Specializing like, in joint operations. If yes. you look at those giant like battle cruiser ships. Battle group. You know, the fucking big ones that the planes can launch off of. Aircraft carrier. You guys don't have to be dicks about it. (laughs) (laughs) How do you not know this? I'm not in the military. Didn't you build models as a child? No. Oh, God, no. So bad at models. I don't have my handshake. Anyway, how did you get out of the eighties? Aircraft carriers. I'm just saying, you got, you got, you got, you got soldiers on there. You got. Navy guys, yeah. you got Marines, you got fucking pilots. Like, yeah. are they all Navy at that point? All the people on Naval aviators, yes. Wait, right. Why is that necessary? Why? There's dudes in the Air Force. You guys are partners. Get the fucking dudes in the Air Force with the Air Force training. I agree. However, and put them on the fucking boats. However, landing on aircraft carrier and flying cargo and mail for the rest of the military are two different things. Okay. That's the difference between the U.S. Air Force and Naval Aviators, all right? Unfortunately, the Air Force has to deal with a whole shitload of logistics, you know? And that means, like, most of the pilots that they have are sitting there flying huge-ass cargo jets, taking equipment, supplies, mail, you know, all over the country for uh, for military logistics issues. Hmm. And that's what sucks about the Air Force, you know? Except that, you know, land. You know, if you're not a fan of water, I can understand... And you don't have to land a plane on a platform that's moving up and down anywhere from a couple inches to several feet. Uh, just FYI, that's a little bit dangerous. I, I would guess that. <laughs> rid, a bit, rid a bit dangerous. Yeah, I've never flown a plane at all, but I think that's pretty much a given. Yeah. And, I mean, it's different kind of warfighting, different type of strategy. I mean, that's the difference between, like, the Marine Corps, the Army, and the Navy, and the Air Force. It's that, you know, uh, they, they have different methods of fighting wars and the marines you know unfortunately they're like uh i don't know advanced infantry maybe or zealots all right i prefer to think of them as zealots because that's usually what they are i'm gonna go die for my country why don't you go do something good and live for your country oh i'd rather just die i wish i wish zealot meant something like 
better because it's such a badass sounding word. It is a badass sounding word, and it, and it's not usually no it has such a negative yeah, connotation. It has not, a negative connotation because these zealots that you think of today are the suicide bombers, right? And shit like right, that. like but it's, it's such a it's, cool word. It's, it's a cool word. And back to the aircraft carrier thing, you ought to know that it was called an aircraft <laughs> carrier. Damn it! Damn it! That's ironic that you didn't know Stop. that. <laughs> was ironic on the Jagged Little Pill album? Yeah. I've okay. got a list of, of the songs. Song list. That way I can try to work up as many of them in as I can. I say like the whole album is about this. And I was like, really? I couldn't write more than one song about Dave Coulier. Well, she was apparently head over feet for him. Uh-oh. Head over heels. She already won me over. <laughs> In spite of me. <laughs> no, that can't be about Dave Coulier, too. Come on. <laughs> You're thinking way too much about Dave Coulier. That's, that's one honest. of my favorite songs in the album. Yeah, it's the nicest, I it's, guess. It's cheesy and happy. It's the <laughs> nicest song um, on yeah, the album. Yeah, amidst all that horrible, horrible angst. Because... <laughs> I blew you in a theater. Which theater? <laughs> See, I didn't want to know until I found out it was Dave Coulier. Now what I want to know. You ought to know. Theater is too vague. Right? Is it, was it, it a movie? What kind of theater? Were they filming like America's Funniest People or something Con- like concert that? Concert hall, perhaps? Maybe. A comedy show. Were they watching the Bare Naked Ladies? Dur- during during Backstage Bob- at a comedy show. Backstage. During, no, a- in the theater means kind of like in the seats of the theater. So I would say like during Bob Saget's set at a comedy show. During, during a recording of America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> in the audience. And Dave Coulier going to bragging to Bob Saget. It's like, yeah, I got blown during that last segment. segment. And like, what? He made appearances on that show. I know. Yeah. <coughs> you got blown. You were supposed to be voting. <laughs> Dave Coulier banging Lotus Morissette. Blowing my mind. Mind equals blown. That's not what she blew, though. Bum, bum, bum. Now i got to think about Dave Coulier's crazy dick in her mouth. Thank you. Hey, to be fair, you're the one who I brought this up. I did bring this up. I'm just the one who researched it. Because I didn't want to believe it. <laughs> oh, Wilhelm. You scream. Wilhelm. Hmm. Delicious beer. Speaking of beer, want to get into the news worth knowing? We didn't even talk about my weekend. Oh, yeah. How the hell was that punk rock thing, man? I went to the punk rock flea market. It was fucking great, man. Um, it was it was a lot really cool, a lot of down-to-earth, really uh, unique vendors. Um, Clockwork Ticker was one that we saw. With, uh, it's one that sticks out in my mind a lot. What's they Clockwork made, Ticker? Okay, so they made these um, unique little... Uh, Use your words. There were things. They here. Hold on. We'll just do it this way. Adorable nightmares is what I am here with. John M. Lee, say hi, John. And Benjamin Kissel, say hi, Ben. Hello. I hope Ben is okay. Yep. They represent the Clockwork Ticker, procurer of curiosities and eccentricities. Tell us about what you got on display today. Say we have a whole bunch of weirdness because we are children of the '80s that never let go. We're the ones that your parents <laughs> may have worried about. We've got everything from young gentlemen, the curvy little creatures who run around in your old attic and steal the clothes, as well as some nice beasties and monsters that they're gently crafted nightmares. Excellent. I see you've got some books over here as well. We do. They are a pair of anthologies that I was lucky to be a part of. Andrew Garrison of uh, Garrison Press was able to produce a couple of fiction collections. Excellent, excellent. Where can people find you online? I'd say primarily we're on Facebook, facebook.com, the Clockwork Ticker, and we just like to hang out on the Instagram, or the Gram of Insta, and the Book of Faces, like the young people say. Okay, and once again, <laughs> at the Clockwork Ticker. Yes, indeed. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. So uh, cool. that was just one of the on, one of the many on-the-spot interviews that we did that day. Windy, uh, huh? Yeah, oh, it was yeah. crazy windy. It was an outdoor event. Yeah. Um, so I'm work- I've got pictures from each one of the uh, interviews that we did. Oh, cool. uh, so I've got pictures of the stuff they had. They, they had like a little uh, gizmo-esque, like a mogwai like <laughs> yep. type of creature, but it wasn't quite a mogwai, you know, but but similar. All white. Um, but they had this little, like, grim- they had this like little uh, goblin-like looking like thing. It uh, reminded me a lot of the stuff of the Muppets from the, uh, the Labyrinth movie with David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, a lot of like offbeat hints and stuff. Oh, so you were over there too? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. Um, so, you know, we saw we saw a lot of uh, really cool vendors like Danny Moon, uh, Nectar Bliss, 
She made mm-hmm. uh, custom jewelry. Uh, uh, it was Drew Ruddle, who was an artist. Um, he had like he made like a lot of his stuff looked like tattoo art artist stuff. Oh, cool! Yeah, like Flash. There you go. That's what it's called, Flash. Um, FXBG Customs. Those guys, uh, like they'll they'll pretty much paint any, paint anything, customize anything. That oh like, yeah, yeah. Take I, paint. I think I've heard of them. Yeah. Um, Global Threads. They're a shop downtown. Does like vintage clothing and stuff like that. Uh, Hector Hector of uh, Sun Token had a really cool little uh, solar bowl. Like you use a magnifying glass to light it, and like there's a dome. A magnetic dome that sits over the bowl piece, and it's it's so it's it was a crazy like little thing, and he was explaining it to me, um, but it's really neat. Uh, sun token um, is what he calls it. Um, what what do you mean, like lighting marijuana with the power or, of the or sun, to, or tobacco, or whatever, or whatever? Like you. Well, would if you're smoke. smoking tobacco, why would you want to use the sun to ignite it? Like, well, if you were smoking like organic, like the the pick tobacco, like the that makes no sense to me. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, I'm just it's, saying it's it was... It's cool, but I don't see why you'd want to smoke tobacco like that. The way the guy explained it, it was really neat. At any rate... Uh, the concept of it is, if it's on a real windy day, you don't have a uh, a torch, quote-unquote, something that's a windless lighter. You can put your dome on there. You pull out this little magnetic, uh, magnetic uh, magnifying card and catch the sun's rays, and it would ignite your herb. Yeah, I get it. It's very cool. But I don't see why you'd do tobacco that way. It's basically what he's doing. He's um, uh, catching I, I, in I, I on the it. concept. I get it. I I get it. You're emphasizing emphasizing the point. It's a it's a weed bowl. Yes, it's a weed bowl. It's okay. a weed bowl. It's a weed bowl. It's a weed bowl. <laughs> and you think it's a senseless weed bowl? No. So if you're smoking weed, it makes sense. If you're smoking tobacco, tobacco, it's like no. What are you going to re- remove? Like one of the eighty carcinogens you're about to put in your body? No. Moving on. <laughs> Heine's Oddities had some really cool stuff. Like she was selling a like an old school autopsy table, like straight up used autopsy yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, but oh, like okay. but like a really old school one. Mm-hmm. I guess there's a market for that. Um, people yeah. were asking her for it. Like yeah. like while we were there, there was a woman calling her husband or boyfriend, whatever it was, asking if she could buy this thing. Right. Wow. What are you What were you thinking about doing with it? Oh, I was making a bar out of it in the backyard. Yep. <laughs> Can I come over for drinks? Like that's a crazy idea. She also had like these uh like skulls and like um like animal skulls and stuff like that, and all of her stuff was like organically obtained. No animals were harmed in the obtained roadkill reclaim. There you go. Uh, but it was really cool. Really cool. Some of the stuff that she had. Uh, where was this? This was all at the punk rock flea market. No, where was the flea market located? Oh, downtown at Fat Boys. Fat, Fat Boys, Boys Smokehouse right. and uh, Burgers. Pretty badass. Food there was pretty delicious too. Uh, then when there was a uh, James Knoll, who is an author, uh, he's also a teacher, a local teacher. Um, but uh, he and he actually gave me some information about an upcoming uh, indie authors conference, uh, which is August twenty fifth. Um, there's a keynote speaker, John David Mann, a New York Times best selling author, um, and a couple of other uh, confirmed speakers. Um, yeah, yeah, Dave Coulier. <laughs> Dave Coulier will not be attending. Oh, probably. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, so that's the Fred Author con- Conference. Um, uh, it's going to be at the Wingate by Wyndham, 20 Sanford Drive in Fredericksburg. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's uh, James Noel was telling me about that, and he's like a fiction, uh, like mystery writer, uh, fit, like creepy stories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Pretty, ah, cool. Pretty had a pretty neat display, lots of stuff, some any, pretty interesting artwork. Apparently, one of his former students uh, worked a lot of the art for his uh, books. Nice. Um, then there was, uh, let's see, Lindy's custom leather. Lindy was cool. Lindy was very cool. She had a lot of really unique leather pieces. She had leather bouquets of, of flowers. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. So some really interesting creations. Um, she made it out of leather? Yeah. 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 That's cool as hell. Damn, yeah. I'm gonna go look for some pictures now. I have some pictures. Okay. I have some pictures, and we'll. I'm gonna post a like that that audio clip I have from Clockwork Ticker. I'm gonna post a stitched together. Um, Probably a video file. Because you, you said you got several of them. Right? Yeah, you know? yeah, I got pictures of everything. Yeah. So I'll, I'll probably stitch together a video file with all these interviews. Uh, well, first it'll be an introduction with me apologizing for the wind and the quality of the, <laughs> and explaining right, the right. event. Um, and then I'll, we'll go through all the interviews with pictures of all the stuff, and then uh, you know we'll wrap up with an interview with uh, former formerly of of FXBG Pirate Radio fame Stephikins Steph Thornton, who apparently put together the whole uh, event. Really? Yeah. She's single? No, I don't think so. <laughs> she did say she had a boyfriend. Damn it. 
Uh, moving forward, uh, let's see where we. I was Lindy's uh, Nadertha Essentials. Uh, so they had like uh, oils and beeswax stuff and um, creams and salves. Yeah, yeah, all organic and and yeah. And I bought one of them, and it's very nice. Uh, local shop Natural Mystics was da- there uh, representing. Uh, they have a, a location downtown Fredericksburg. Yeah, I've heard of them. Um, OS, OS, <laughs> OSF Productions uh, had all kinds of uh, like t- custom clothing and and other uh, like custom glass and pottery and it was, it was in, they had an interesting selection of uh, pretty cool stuff. Um, and Rachel Ruddle Pottery also had some pretty cool pottery and uh, and Rachel Ruddle, by the way, wife of uh, Drew Ruddle. The artist, they shared their table. Very cool couple. And uh, that was just, you know, a selection of some of the vendors. There were also some people there that was like, it was Punk Rock Flea Market. So there were people that were, you know, you know hawking DVDs and like old toys and stuff. It used to flea Market. So um, yeah, yeah. these are all just the original creation vendors. Um, I did I did get a chance to talk to a handful of the um the non-original creation vendors, the resale vendors, uh, and there was this guy Elijah, and I'll play his. I want to play his interview um, because <laughs> the guy I, I told he, like they the people that he was with didn't want to really say anything. They they were like, well, we're not really selling anything original, whatever. I was like, hey, it's okay. You can just talk about how great it is to be a vendor. You know, just you know how excited exciting it is to be part of this. So and, you caught some quality audio from this and guy. This guy, like, he's just a natural, and he was fun. And he was just endearing. So this is this is Elijah. Let's hear him. All right, I'm here with Elijah, another one of our vendors today, and he's actually a reseller vendor. Uh, so he's going to tell us about his experience with the flea market and how much fun it is just to be a part of it. This flea market has been the best flea market I have ever worked. I brought nothing but junk and a whole field of art out here, and I've done nothing but sell. I mean, half my stuff's gone. Having fun though, right? I'm having a blast. Beers, selling stuff, making money, and, and it's great. And I'm making kids happy. I've had nothing but the best time. I'm right next to the kids' booth, and they are absolutely adorable. I couldn't have been in a better spot here. Awesome, awesome. So totally worth it to be a vendor. Oh, absolutely. Excellent. You hear that straight from straight from one of the vendors having a great time here at the FXBG Punk Rock Flea Market. So make sure you get involved. Get in next year. Get in early. And uh, yeah, we'll see you. Thank you again for your time. Absolutely, thank you. So I can't, I can't. They're I, adorable. I can't express, I can't express how little justice this audio interview did to this guy. His facial expressions, the smile on his face, like he he amped it up. I wish we had been filming. Right. He had such a a catchy energy. He was just happy, and he made everybody around him smile when he was done with his little rant. It was great. So yeah, we will be uh, putting together a. Some sort of uh, <laughs> compilation of of all the interviews from that day and some Super, the pictures yeah. from that day. I wish and I was able to go. It was a good time. It was a good time. I'm try. To, I'll, I'll try to put it. Uh, I'll try to do do it justice. I'm no madman on the video editing, but uh, <laughs> oh boy, I'll try to put together so, some kind of snazzy video. If I'm the good video editor, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> this is a volunteer situation, folks. If you edit video and you want to make up our game, you got to get involved. Go to the website. Get involved. That's cool, man. And uh, did you and do have your... one hand in your pocket? <laughs> did you do your uh, karaoke the night before on Friday night, Spencer Devin? You ought to know. I do that every Friday night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> every Friday night, Spencer Devin's. Uh, I, I DJ. I I do karaoke night from 9 p.m. to midnight. Come check it out. Come and if you don't sing, it's cool. You can just come. You yeah. know, I take requests. It's really kind of down to earth, chill. It's not really like a dance club. It's more like a uh hey, we're all hanging out and this is what I want to hear and I'm going to sing this and oh, you know what would sound really good if you, if you you I'm not going to sing it, but can you just play this song? Yeah, that's the kind of DJ I am. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. If you want to hear that, that's fine. Just don't bring down the mood, man. <laughs> don't come in and be like, I want to hear Eric Carmen's all by myself. Don't marsh my mellow, why, why, man. Why would you do that? Why would you Who? come in? Who? Eric have... Cartman's all by myself? Car- Carmen. All by myself. Oh. That's a horrible be. song. It's a terrible song. Why would you request that? Not even to sing. Just to hear it? What's wrong with you? Because misery loves company. Or at least some jackasses think so. And then, like, you start playing the song because you're a cool DJ and you, like, you don't, you don't turn down anyone's requests. And then, like... 
somebody yells out like, who requested this? Because they understand how things operate and they've been there before. And then like a guy at the bar sitting by himself, like eight beers, yeah. deep, bursts into tears. <laughs> oh, that guy. Did you see that post I did in the Shock Monkey Radio <laughs> Redux? Did you see that one? I don't think I did, but I think I'm getting close. Okay. I did a post and it was something that happened to me in the Navy. I was real short. I was about to get out and I went to the galley and in the galley at that was like a shore based galley. Um, they had like these nice little booze and stuff like that where people sit down and eat their breakfast and stuff like that. I came in for breakfast one morning and a guy behind me in line, I sat down, he goes to the next booth, sits down. He walks over to the jukebox that we have in the galley. All right. This is swanky. I, I know. Navy. Right. All right. Go Navy. That's why I said, no, fuck the Marine Corps. What are you guys, eating out of plastic bags? MREs? Fuck that. I had a galley with a with booze and a jukebox. But this little guy, <laughs> this young guy, young sailor, he came in there. He was obviously in a mood, and I get it. I really do. And he went up to the jukebox. He put his quarters in and played 30 minutes of music. And it was the same song. Oh. I get it. I've been in that point in my life when it's Brian McKnight's anytime. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about 30 minutes of Brian McKnight's anytime. Oh, God. Do I ever cross your mind? Over breakfast. Over omelets. Omelets and waffles. Who would do that to a person? I understand. Who would do that to a I've, waffle? I've been, I've been sad. I've been heartbroken. I get that song. I get why he played it. But 30 minutes of that song is enough to drive anybody crazy. I don't think I got out of there did with my jump, sanity. Did he jump off the boat that day? No. If he was eating there, he probably wasn't on a boat. I was able to because I had a special command. I was on a command ship. That's right. Because I'm smart. And I get the good gigs. Perfect. Good gigs? But I mean, just, yeah, 30 minutes of Brian McKnight's anytime is enough to drive anyone crazy. But that's what that story reminded me of. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're 40 minutes in. You want to get to the news? <laughs> Curse you, Dave Coulier. <laughs> look, look, all I really want is to get through the rest of the show without mentioning Dave Coulier or Alanis Morissette. So cut it out. <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to fail in that mission. Exactly. I don't think there's anything I could do about it now. <laughs> all right. Um, speaking of my delicious beer, a uh, man asked clerks about stealing beer before stealing beer. Gets arrested, just like she said. You ready for this one? At least she didn't lie. <laughs> right. A Florida man asked a store clerk, what would happen if I stole some beer? Police said Christopher Maxwell soon found out. Police in Sebastian, Florida, told tcpalm.com, uh, the 33-year-old Maxwell entered a convenience store at 2.30 a.m. Friday, but was told he couldn't buy beer because alcohol, alcohol sales are banned in the city between 1 and 7 a.m. We have a similar thing here in Virginia. In response to Maxwell's question, the clerk replied that she would call 911. Maxwell still grabbed the two 18-packs of Bud Light and left. All I really want <laughs> is to get drunk. I don't care if you're not selling. I'm not waiting till seven. I like it. I like it. It's in your head. Damn you! Damn you, Dave Coulier! Damn you! Okay, he stole the two 18-packs. Please stop! The clerk did as she said. She called the cops after he stole two 18-packs. Uh, police found Maxwell nearby with an 18-pack in each hand. They, uh, they said he struggled when they tried to arrest him. Uh, he remained jailed Sunday on charges of petty theft and battery on an officer. Records don't show if he has an attorney. No, he doesn't have an attorney. If he has to steal two 18 packs of Bud Light, why do you need? Two, why do you need two 18? Why do you need 36 beers at 2:30 in the morning? That's what I want to know. Don't judge him. Oh, he's got, a, he's got a lawyer. His his Bud, because he's wise. I can judge his taste in beer, but I can't judge him. And he had shitty taste in beer. Yeah, dude, if you're desperate, right? If you're desperate and you're going to sell beer, and if you're going to be fucking blatantly obvious about it, fucking get some craft, get something, get something worthwhile. Some devil's backbone or something, something man. Get some 9%. <laughs> it was a convenience store. How, what do you think the selection was like? They well, had they robbed the wrong places in a double jackass. Right. You should have... <laughs> <laughs> 
218 pounds. Why do you need 36 Look, I'm beers? Not advocate, I'm not advocating criminal behavior. I'm just saying, hypothetically, a criminal would walk into a craft brewery, have a growler filled up, and just before paying for the growler, snatch that bitch and run, and just never go back to that brewery. Hey, you might not, uh, you, you know, obviously you can never rob that brewery again, but you can get soused on some 9% stout. IPA. What if you really like the, the growler you well, got? Well, then you're screwed. I should have paid for it. I should have paid for it. And you learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was delicious. Like, you never Don't have it again. Don't steal beer you like. Oh, I just learned a valuable lesson. Don't steal beer you like. <laughs> That's why I stole Bud Shit. Light. This guy's a genius. Exactly. Hold on, guys. I, 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 I suddenly talked myself out of uh, the other hate, side. Hate this guy. You've just made yourself a better criminal. Good job, EK. <laughs> All Damn right. you, Dave Coulier. So I saw the title of this next uh, article, and I chose not to read it because I want to – before you tell me what it's about, I, w- I want to guess. Okay. Go ahead and right, guess. So Here's, this, you want to hear the headline first? Yeah. Let's hear the headline. Right, first ever homeless shelter Girl Scout troop sells 6,000 boxes of cookies, surpassing goal. Okay. So in what my head – What do you think head, this article is about? In my head, is this – a scout troop of girls that live in a homeless shelter. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought it was. And uh, that's what I thought it was. But I also had this crazy thought in my head about like these girls that went to a homeless shelter and was like, hey, I'll sell you these cookies. They're only $3 a box. And like they're homeless and they're hungry. You should have read the article then. Shelter. No, because I thought that was a funny thing to discuss before uh, the article. I don't know if it might have been pretty close. <laughs> uh, now I don't even want to read the article because it's not as interesting as what you thought it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> it's still pretty freaking cool, I think, yeah. that they sold 6,000 freaking boxes of cookies. Yeah. All right. Ah, uh, oh, damn it. Damn you, EK. Turn that off. I'm trying. Right. Girl Scout Troop 6,000 out of New York City is celebrating an extra special cookie season this year. The region's first homeless shelter-based troop has surpassed its goal of selling 6,000 boxes of the beloved treats in their inaugural year of cookie sales. Their first year! I know, right? Selling cookies! Impressive. Exactly. Troop 6000 is a Girl Scout troop uh, specially designed to serve girls in New York City's shelter system. Uh, a lot of people ask us, what's the difference between us and the traditional troops? And there really isn't a difference. They're exactly the same, just that they don't have a home. Troop leader Giselle Burgess told Fox 5. Oh, no, there's a difference. They don't have a home, but they have, like, people working with them and teaching them skills and, like, how, how, how to, you know, do things and learn things. Because Girl Scouts don't just tell you how to sell cookies. Like, right. they, like right. they teach them marketing plans. And, like, yeah. it's legit. They teach them how to run a business. Exactly. Yeah. The Girl Scouts are legit, man. They, like, keep, yeah, that, they shit, they keep that shit secret. But that's what's going on. That's why I they're love teach, the Girl Scouts. They're teaching these girls to be business leaders and business – and, like, that's legit. By all means. Um, that's what the Girl Scouts So girl these Scouts these girls do. are actually getting something really awesome. Yeah, it sucks that they're homeless. But at the same time, they're, they're getting, getting something really their, valuable. So I they bet, don't end up that way. Yeah, I bet, I bet, yeah, I bet they won't be that way for long. Exactly. All right. Um, Burgess founded the troop in 2016 and her four daughters are now thriving alongside 290 fellow scouts. I'm very excited because it's the first time and I know and I want to know the feeling of actually selling something. A Girl Scout name. Sanai told Fox, yeah, told Fox Five of their entrepreneurial endeavor, selling tagalongs, thin mints, and America's favorite Girl Scout cookie Samoas out of the Kellogg's Cafe in Union Square. Their bo- booming business shows no signs of slowing down. So out of the Kellogg's place, I think they make those, right? Do the Kellogg's make the Girl Scout cookies? I have no idea. Okay. I have. Never oh, but you know about Dave Coulier. I know Dave Coulier had his junk in Alanis Morissette's mouth, yes. At least. You don't know that for sure. We know that the song is about him. That's what we know. But the, anyway. the base, and, and, and that's just, Let's talk about these girls. And that's according to him. We haven't heard her side of it. That was her side of it. The song was her side of it. All right. The biggest impact we see uh, when you talk to the girls is you hear them say it is that be, they belong to something. They have a sisterhood. Within the other Girl Scouts, Meredith Mas- Mascara, CEO of the Girl Scouts of Greater New York, told ABC News. They talk to other girls who may be in the same situation, who feel alone, 
and they feel like they have a stronger sense of community and belonging overall. Wonderful. Shelter resident Ruby Cornoli, Corn, Cornelio told Refinery29 that she's thankful her daughters Jasmine, 8, and Juwanda, 6, uh, have an opportunity to get involved with the cause. It's a big step to take because it teaches them responsibility. It's a good sk- skill to learn at that age, like you said, EK. Mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah, and they've been uh, wanting to do this for so long. Corinthia Flood. That's a badass name. Right? Corinthia Flood. The troops recruiting specialist, uh, recruiting specialist, like a good name for a recruiting specialist, <laughs> right. has shared with a AMA. A lot of recruits. It's the number one thing they ask. I got another conspiracy. Okay. All right, so the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts, right, they're all separate. They're all separate. They're separate. They're separate. They're, separate. they're not separate. They don't teach the same shit, man. They teach. No. They teach the dudes, like... How to use knives and skills and like and like crafting and nunchuck skills, and nunchuck skills and bow staff <laughs> skills and computer hacking skills, um, and then they Sweet teach and they teach skills. the girl finances. They teach the guys how to do like fucking physical manual labor, and they teach the girls how to handle the money. What's wrong with that? I'm just saying. They're designing the Boy Scouts to hook up with Girl Scouts. They're setting it up. Sexual dimorphism, teamwork. That way we can be the labor boy, to their genius. Are there, are there secret Boy Scout Girl Scout mixers that I don't know about? I don't know. I wasn't in the Boy Scouts. Were they just pair off? I don't know. Could be like the Olympic Village, like the graduation. And they become bankers in New York and high rises. Oh, those were fun. <laughs> the cream I, of the I, crop I, I of the Boy Scouts first. and Girl Scouts. We're so, pre- uh, breeding a perfect... Our next uh, our next article is a fun one. I is think. it? I think this is a fun one. Boston College professor offers extra credit for students to go on dates. Okay, but hold on. There's a caveat. A Boston College professor, philosophy professor, known as the dating professor, offers extra credits to her students who, while sober, ask someone out to go on a date in person. Yeah, in person, go out on the said date and have no physical contact. Right, that's got. That's part of it. Uh huh. All right. No physical contact. Sober. Yeah. And in person. Exactly. Can't even get the good night kiss. Exactly. The Washington nope. Post reported on Monday that Professor Carrie Cronin uh, said she came up with the idea to combat hookup culture that has gotten popular on campuses, due in part to our hypersexualized cust- culture. She also said that she learned that many of her seniors have never been on a date. Perhaps campus life lends itself to fewer meaningful relationships. Cronin points out that uh, most students may not want to commit. The article points out that the median age of men and women who get married in the U.S. are 29.5 and 27.4, respectively. Uh, Many students, she said, focus on career goals. Uh, She said our culture focuses on on sex and not necessarily the, quote, foibles of the hard work and joys of despair of just casual dating. Nice. Sorry, I had to laugh at that quote. Uh, the rules of assignment include asking the person out in person. Here's a key part. The recipient has to know it's a date. <laughs> Grota tells their students not to worry about rejection. Just move on. She said this will lead to thicker skin. Uh, quote, this is mostly n- not about meeting your soul mo- soulmate. It's, soul most- mo? it's, so mo- it's mostly about meeting, having the social, about, it's mostly about social courage and challenging yourself to be a little countercultural, do something you know you want to do, she told the paper. And to just be okay with being a little awkward, a little vulnerable, and asking a little bit of yourself. So I think that this is interesting that seniors like have never been on a date. That is just that this is the way the world is, is that people don't go on dates anymore. The Netflix and chill thing, man. Is that what that is? Yep. It's just... Okay, we start watching this Netflix show for a while until we get horny enough, and then we fuck, and then... Is that I, how it works? I don't know, man. I'm old school. It's just probably why I'm still single to this day. Because you like going on dates? That's what I do is I ask people out. They look at me like I have lobsters crawling out of my ears. Maybe that's why. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, it says you have to be sober. And I don't think I could be sober and ask somebody for a date. Plus, I mean, you don't know what they're going to say. Like, what's a date? Is, is that how it is now? If you ask somebody, hey, would you like to go out on a date? Like, you have is, to define it as a date beforehand. That's that's part of the assignment, but right. I mean, that's part, that, and that that makes sense to me because it's very easy to, mis- not, look, to misconstrue dinner as well, something that's no, no, just platonic. No, no versus... it's very easy, and I'm not. I don't want to say that all women are like this, but I have experienced a few that are like this. 
It's very easy for a woman to go out with a guy and then in the end claim disinterest and not be aware that it was a date. Right. Um, that's possible. But I think that is a little bit awkward to say, hey, this is a date. I just want to let you know I want to ask you out on a date. But I also think it's it's a it's it, that might be weird and it might be awkward, but it's also appropriate for you to be upfront with your intentions, completely upfront with your intentions. Um, I I've, obviously I think it's appropriate to be upfront, but um, I mean, and that that does mean saying, yeah, hey, I want to take you out on a date. That you know, at the same time, you know, if for for girls, don't go out, don't 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 go out with a guy that you are are aware is into you. And assume that it won't be a date. Assume that he doesn't think it's a date. Just don't go out with that guy. If you if you're not into him, just don't go out with him. Well, that's right. what I mean. She was a philosophy professor. She uh, you know, she's called the dating. So I think that maybe it's uh, uh, she's trying to teach people how to like interact in a way that isn't just the the, the hookup, the swiping right, swiping left. Yeah, I like you or not. You know, and then just jump. jump. Do you like me? Check yes or no. Yeah. I mean, I get, I get why she's doing that because I mean, the art of the date is obviously being lost. Obviously, I mean, I, it's not like I was ever good at it, but I mean, I guess if I did not lose any of my skills, I could be awesome at dating now. I doubt it, but I was great at dating. I sucked at the marriage part. <laughs> was was Steffi? Was she single? What? Did we mention this? Did I ask? Yes, and she's not. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Felt lonely for a second. I'm all right now. Well, you can have one hand in your pocket and feel better. Oh, damn it. He went there again. <laughs> uh, one hand in your pocket. <sighs> uh, that's a mic drop right there. Thank you very much. Let's move on to the next story about some real douchebag baseball coaches. Uh, youth baseball coaches allegedly talked of beaning only girl player. Hold in on. A report. Hold on. What? Hold on. Don't. Don't gloss over that word, you son of a bitch. Which word? You know which word. Which word? You know which word. Beaning? Allegedly. Have you played baseball like I play baseball? I know that this happened. All right? Allegedly. I know that this happened. Uh, the father of the only girl player in the New Hampshire Youth Baseball League said he learned that two coaches talked about beating his 11-year-old daughter in hopes to intimidate her so she would stop playing. She must be good. Dan Klein, the father, told the paper that he was alerted to the alleged conversation that took place uh, during a draft meeting where players were assigned a team. The coaches talked about drilling her in the head during practice, Klein said. He said that he found out that there was a threat from two coaches who were at the draft meeting where his daughter was selected last. Durham police said that they were determining if an investigation is warranted. Oyster River Youth Association officials uh, said the organization is also investigating. Hold on. Hold on. What? You going to follow that up? Klein told the paper that his daughter played to you all since 2012. He said he found out about the threat. From two coaches who were at the draft meeting yep. where his daughter was selected last. Okay. So the two coaches who also didn't want his daughter on the team. <laughs> You're right. He was there. <laughs> he was there. The two coaches who also did You're right, not want. You're right. He was want... there. He didn't want his daughter on his team either. <laughs> What a bunch of fucking But he's not, he's not going to be like, yeah, throw up my daughter. You know, he's not going to be like that, right? Hold on. It didn't say, he's not a coach. He's the father of the only girl. He found out from two, okay. two coaches right. who were also at this meeting. What I'm saying is the two coaches he found out from didn't want her on also the team. didn't want her on the team. They just go to him and say, and one of them probably got stuck with her <laughs> and goes to him and says, hey, I just want to let you know. We're going to be throwing at your daughter's I know head. Your, I know your daughter got big glass and all, but these two guys said they're going to hit balls at her head. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Look, allegedly, allegedly. That's why I said allegedly, because I did read this article, and I, I I hung up on that two thing. Wait, two coaches told him? The daughter was picked last? Two coaches told him? That means they also picked her last. She, They also did not want her on the team. So this could just be like, hey, fuck these other two coaches. We're winning the trophy this year. <laughs> 
No, those two guys that always win first and second place, they're going down this year. We're going to get them thrown out of the league. Oh, so you're saying they could somebody's be make... mo- Somebody's mom's coaching. Yeah, there's some old grudges yeah. going, taking place. Are there you saying they just made it up in order to uh, get those two thrown out? You don't know how serious Little League Baseball is. It's very serious. Those trophies, yeah. sometimes 14 inches tall. <laughs> and, yeah. And all that middle-aged fervor for the their lost youth and is like now... Now I can be the competitive asshole I always wanted to be. Yeah, it's a complicated thing. All right, we got time for one, one more story. History. Time for one more story that doesn't involve Dave Coulier or Alanis Morissette. Aww. Uh, U.S. Air Force veteran uh, told pole flying fla- American flag violates, quote, community standards. A U.S. Air Force veteran uh, from Ohio said he was told to remove his flagpole Friday because it failed to meet community standards. Wayne Marchant of Franklin told WLWT-TV, that's a tongue twister, he received a letter from his homeowners association management company saying his flagpole didn't meet the community standards, excuse me, and would need to be removed or modified to ensure compliance. As a veteran, this is a quote, I wouldn't think to erect a flagpole and fly the American flag would be something I would need to get permission to do, Marchant told the station. Marchant, who spent four years in the Air Force and another four in the Air Force Reserve, said he moved into Franklin community nine years ago, and the Homeowners Association gave him a verbal permission to put uh, to build the pole and fly the flag. A veteran wrote on the Facebook post that hell will freeze over before he removes the pole. Good for you. Quote, we have been instructed to remove the flagpole. Hell will freeze over before that happens. I will never ask anyone to share any of my posts before, Marchant uh, wrote. However... If you think this is an outrage, please share this. It's a sad state of affairs when, an Ameri- when a veteran cannot express his pride in America and his branch of service. Marchant's post had been shared nearly 6,000 times as of Tuesday. The Homeowners Association listened to Marchant's complaint and said it would be up to the board Jesus, to decide whether the flagpole stays up or gets taken down, a spokesman told WLWTV. God damn <laughs> If it comes down and they hold their ground and there's no legal recourse, I'll have to take it down. But the day my wife retires, we'll be out of here, Marchant told him. Uh, yeah, this is why I hate homeowners associations. I mean, this that's your private property. Yeah. You know. Absolutely, man. Here's, uh, you've spent your life and all this time you spend away from your home to make the money to buy this home and do with it what you see fit. And you want to put up a flagpole representing the country and your branch of service that you spent, in this gentleman's case, eight years of his life serving. Exactly. And they want to say, take it down. Well, it's your private property. That's why I don't like these homeowners associations saying you... you I know, agree. You need permission ag- to take the shed, to I build agree, a shed. I agree and disagree to to a one minor thing. This is a homeowners association that has a problem, right? Yeah. When the guy moved in and bought the house... He signed a thing agreeing to abide by the laws and regulations of the homeowners association. He didn't want to abide by those rules and regulations. He should have bought a home somewhere else. That's fine. He agreed to it. It's just like signing away your rights to Facebook through an app. But I don't. I don't think that homeowners associations should exist. I agree mm-hmm. that they shouldn't exist. However, because they did exist and he knew it existed when he bought his home. He agreed to live by their rules and regulations. And like he said, he's, that's why he one. said he'll take it down if that's what the board decides, you know, because he's a good American. You know, he believes in his personal responsibility. He believes in, you know, his country. And that's why he's going to do what he says. Now, outside, However, his outside. last quote was, as soon as my wife retires from the military, we're out of this fucking town. And good for him. Yeah. Right? Good for now, him. Here's the thing. Move that somewhere I didn't... and don't, buy, don't get yourself the hell out of it. I bought my home, and that was one of my questions when I was looking for my home. I don't want to live somewhere where there's a homeowners association. It was one of the, my options when I was searching, and yeah. I said that specifically. Yeah. I don't want to look at any home that has a homeowners association. Here's one thing I did not catch in that article. What was the problem with the flagpole that they wanted him to take it down? Was it just it had been uh, erected like when he first moved in nine years ago, erected. and now it's starting to uh, yeah, <laughs> it erected is dirty. Is it, I like is the... it. That looks really hard. <laughs> I like it because it feels like a blanket, but at the same time, I'm getting fucked. That was accidental, <laughs> but I let it ride. <laughs> well played, sir. Now it, the article doesn't mention anything about uh, uh, what the homeowners association's problem with it was. My guess is it was probably too tall or too big or something like that. Um, they have. Uh, somewhere on 95, we got a, a Confederate, flag. Confederate, Confederate flag flying. 
right. the battle flag of the Virginia, uh, Virginia militia. Let's get that correct. Fair enough. But uh, that being said, I believe in that asshole's right to fly that flag as much as I believe in this asshole's right to fly his American flag. All right, because that's your property. That's your property. But technically, they're flying the flag of a country, quote unquote, that waged war against us. Right. And lost. I I don't think it's. So if you're a British immigrant and you come to the United States and you fly a British flag, the only condition is, is it shouldn't be higher than the American flag. Yes. But if you're. (laughs) <laughs> Eric's, Eric's like, I, I want this to end. It's after seven. Okay, it is after seven. Uh, we got time for one more Dave Coulier or Alanis Morissette joke? Just right off the cuff? No, uh, you know. Because uh, it was in her mouth. You ought to know. You'd think I'd, I'd know, but I didn't. I don't, anyway, I don't want to sh- know. Shock Monkey Radio. <laughs> I'm the Madman, and I love you. Who are you guys? I'm Hill Hippie. I'm EK. Bye. Uh,